1: Like, if you're not stacking the Rapids, and I think the crew are a viable pivot. I can't, so. I can't believe that just came out. <laughs> yeah, so.
0: This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and JD Bazo.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, senior soccer editor of RotoWire.com. I'm joined right now by Skylar Redpath, one of our fantasy MLS experts uh, here at RotoWire. We are not going to be joined by JD Bazo tonight because he is getting ready for his portland timbers flyaway trip he's heading to vancouver to check them out after winning their the DraftKings flyaway contest a few weeks ago Uh, skylar i noticed they have another one this week for the earthquakes it's an earthquakes flyaway but you get to go to the game in la uh you think you're going to play that one includes flights and everything
1: oh yeah definitely and any of these that have flights and hotel included then that's a absolute must play just (laughs) I think we said it a couple uh couple of weeks ago on the podcast there's not enough <clears throat> excuse me not enough players entering these things so you, it's excellent value and the trips themselves are just amazing. I mean I'm not I'm not jealous at all uh about JD flying to Vancouver. I'd much rather be here on the podcast hanging out with you so <laughs> you know. it's uh, definitely a, a good time. Uh, I got to experience it last season in Dallas and I'm going to be going back next month. So, yeah, any of these trips, like we've said before, if they're up, up there on the board, definitely hop in the contest because it's a blast.
2: Yeah, I see. Uh, I missed this one earlier. They also have the ultimate Toronto FC experience. It doesn't look like yeah, just, there are flights. I saw that, too. Yeah, yeah but I was they trying have... to figure that out. I couldn't tell. Yeah, they it doesn't say anything about flights, although, strangely enough, they usually say when there's not a flight. Um, but, yeah, it's two premium tickets to the Red Bulls, uh, t- Toronto FC. You get dinner at the new BMO field, which they just redid, and uh, a meet-and-greet with Stephen Caldwell, of all people. Why not? Hmm. No Former captain. bingo meet-and-greet? I guess not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, the uh, the Earthquakes one right now, I realize we're taping this on a Thursday night, so there's still a little time. But as of right now, there are nine entries in it of 500 available ones. One of which has some multi entries, so it's actually only five people that you're competing against, and the Toronto one has three of two hundred and fifty. So, like we said, the um, you know you've experienced it; those those uh, trips they really take care of you. So, for a three dollar entry, up to fifteen bucks, you can throw in five. uh, Why why not give give it a go?
1: Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, uh, JD gets to meet some of his idols out there uh Finendo ID I think he was going to try to get a picture of him and uh him flicking me off or
2: something tommy <laughs>
1: what he felt about what he felt about my uh preseason rankings ranking Adi right. so low That's right. That's right. So, we'll see.
2: Yeah, I imagine uh well I was doing my lineups this week. Um I mean JD has always been a fairly uh big Portland supporter anyway. I think if you didn't know where he lived, you you would somebody could even uh, think that he lives in Portland for how much he loves not only Fernando Adi, but Diego Valeri and right. uh, the opportunity to, to see these guys. I'm not sure he's ever going to come home. I'm worried about that
1: yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's a fun trip. I mean, I'd I'd love to get up to Canada at some point and check it out enjoy some of the atmosphere up there. So he should have a really good time. And uh, definitely a little jealous over here. <laughs>
2: for sure. At least we get to just wallow in it together instead of one of us uh, having that's to right. go.
1: Still, yeah. Still a little salty that he didn't take one of us as his plus one, <laughs> that's but right. I guess we can, we can live with it.
2: Mm-hmm. At least you have the excuse of having a few kids to bring with you, but uh, yeah, JD's only uh, 17 years old, so I'm not sure how he, <laughs> how he's going to swing that. But anyway, um, we're not um, necessarily going to go through every game. We We will touch on a ton of players that we like, but we, uh, it's a little easier to skip that part with uh, with two of us just because uh, you and JD usually uh, disagree on enough players that we get the, the conversation uh, moving on those games. But uh, let's at least talk about this first game because we have um, a Friday night game. So for uh, MLS fantasy manager purposes, we've got lineup lock uh, Friday night. Kicks off with uh, Orlando City and the Red Bulls. Uh, Orlando City is supposed to have Kaká back. We've heard this like three games in a row, though, um, which kind of worries me anyway, but supposedly Kaká is coming back. Uh, Did you have any thought about bringing him into your FMLS team?
1: Uh, A little bit. Right now it's more trying to plan for that round 10 double game week, and I don't think Orlando's on a double game week. I don't think so. Round 10? I might be wrong, but I don't think they're one of the teams that do. So right now that's kind of where I'm focused on uh, as far as the season-long league goes. But for the daily, then, yeah, I love Kakao if he starts. um, It's kind of funny, though, just like you were saying, with his uh, up-in-the-air status for the past couple of games and missing out, then you got to wonder, is he really going to come back 100%? And it's kind of the same thing with Ronaldo. For anybody that plays Champions League, it's just like he missed a game with a, what was it a hamstring or, or a Something quad? Something like that, yeah. And then he's back to, suddenly back to 100%. Like, what's going on with these guys? They must have uh, some of that miracle spray. <laughs> the crazy,
2: yeah, the crazy stat um, about Ronaldo is that uh, prior to missing the game, the La Liga game last week, he had played every minute of every game this season which it just seems like unheard of for a player of his caliber to yeah, not get a single respite. But... Pretty stout. Yeah. So uh, I'll confirm that Orlando does not have a double in, in week 10, but we do it. There are eight teams that, that have doubles. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're really thinking ahead for FMLS, there's, there's really no reason to, to grab on a guy like Kaka when you have uh, Valeri with a double. Um, you've got the SKC guys, Vancouver. I mean, there's a lot of, of a, uh, Dallas my gosh there's a lot going um, so yeah. um, I'll put the pressure on you that we we'll hopefully have an article next week about that like you've done for the last few game weeks I'll give mm-hmm. you uh, plenty of the credit for helping me And uh, last week I finished tied for the third highest score in FMLS last week I thought I was gonna be yeah, able put to put up some points yeah um, what was weird is that I, uh, I finished with 131 and I think there were 10 other people who had that score um, but there were only two others ahead of us. So despite that, I'm still only second in our Roto-Wire, uh, league. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll, Solid uh, round for you. yeah, I took a, I think I took a minus eight so that that'll hurt me a little bit this week, but, um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so the Red Bulls, it seems like they're okay now. <laughs> um, yeah. they're expected to get, uh, Gonzalo Varone back. Uh, Gideon Baugh is supposed to be back as well so um, not only are are they playing well but they're kind of getting all the guys that they were originally going to rely on although Mike Grell has been playing I feel like well enough that Verone isn't necessarily going to slot right back into the starting lineup
1: yeah Grell has been playing strong lately uh, kind of one of those players that flies under the radar and then there's those two or three guys that go on, out on a limb and the DK contests and win all the money when he goes off. Mm-hmm. So um, he's hard to play in fantasy for me because if if he doesn't score, then um, his point totals can be pretty low. But he does have that ability to bag a goal or two and and be one of those kind of sneaky plays. So yeah, if uh, Varone's back too, though, that's going to be a tough call because I think last time I checked, I haven't seen what he's priced at this week, but he's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm.
2: And he was a midfielder too. He's a too, midfielder, so. yeah. Yeah, it's um I don't know the the guy that drives me the craziest on the Red Bulls is Lloyd Sam because like when he's on uh he just looks so good and but those instances are just so few and far between that uh you know you can if you get him on the right night it's great but you're if you play him as much as you can you're going to lose 9 times out of 10.
1: Yep. Yeah, Sam's had a, he had 31 points this past weekend mm-hmm. and 26 the week before that so yeah it's the upside that he has but right but the game before that he didn't play much he only had uh three minutes he had four points but the two starts before that he hit eight and six so yeah. that's kind of what you're looking at if he doesn't hit the score sheet is probably about that six to eight point range so yeah i'm with you man he's really frustrating to play in fantasy he's almost kind of like uh ethan finley type player for me like he's a a boomer bust type play if he goes off and um, you're going to be up there at the top of the standings but if not then it could kill a lineup
2: yeah it's the classic he's got like a forwards scoring pattern but as a midfielder which is kind of the opposite of really what you want i feel like you you're much more likely to get a, a consistent guy in the midfield spot than you are in the forwards if his not, name is not sebastian Javinko. Um, Speaking of frustrating though, um, we we talked about this off the podcast uh, when it happened and there was a bit of a a Twitter mess going on, but uh, DraftKings uh, came out with their MLS contest this week and were missing a decent number of players. Um, We were kind of starting to list them while you guys did the rankings and um, it finally got to the point where there were too many big name players that were missing that they canceled uh, all of the open contests. And redid the I guess redid everything and now it seems like everyone is back in there uh, what uh, I was looking at originally uh, when I started I usually start my lineups looking at goalkeepers just to see if there are any that are kind of priced out of whack and a few that kind of jumped out at me one of one one of which is Chris Seitz um, who I know Jesse Gonzalez returned, uh, you know got the start last week but he got blasted by the Red Bulls for four goals uh, Gonzalez is at 3,400 playing at Toronto. Uh, sites is at, uh, 2,800. Uh, would you consider sites at that price?
1: Yeah, I would. Um, Toronto is a team this week for me that I'm really, uh, favoring to have a big week. This is the first week that they're back at home. Totally agree. They, yeah. They started out on an eight game road trip and just feel like one of those games that they're going to really have the crowd behind them, have the energy, and i think i mentioned it last week or the week before it just seems like dallas is kind of in a funk right now and they just haven't looked like the talented dallas team that we know they have so i feel like they're kind of uh hitting toronto first home game of the season at a bad time so probably not going to consider either of those keepers even though they are a value play think Gonzalez will probably keep the starting spot even though he got lit up uh Sites got lit up the week before that so it's like <laughs> fair point how do you ma- how do you make that decision I just it feels like Gonzalez might have gotten back in the door so um and maybe he'll get another run out to redeem himself he might be the the one thing that keeps Dallas in this game
2: hmm. yeah I think he's uh, of any keeper because it's that first home game at Dallas I feel like he's the the one with the best like 10 save upside because I feel like that, uh, Toronto is just, just going to pepper him with shots um, pretty much all game. Uh, mm-hmm. There were, I mean, obviously the upper price uh, goalies are are kind of understandably priced. Stefan Fry at home against the Earthquakes, um, Clint Irwin against Dallas. It, the weird thing about Dallas is it seems like they've gotten worse when Mauro Diaz returned Uh because they, they played pretty well, like surprisingly well without him. And then he's been back in the last two games and uh, they haven't scored. Uh, and there were two road games. So they lost 3 nothing at Vancouver and then 4 uh at Dallas, or excuse me, at the Red Bulls. So um, yeah, I think uh, I'm definitely on board with that, that Toronto, uh, the Toronto thought. Do you, um, the other game I was looking at was Montreal and Columbus. I feel like Columbus really hasn't, um, hasn't done st- enough uh, for me to think that they're this, like, offensive juggernaut. I mean, I realize the upside that they have. But Montreal has been decent defensively, and Evan Bush at 3300 playing at Columbus when uh, you got to pay $1,000 more to get Steve Clark. I mean, Columbus has never been, like, a mm-hmm. real def- great defensive team. Montreal looks, you know, Drogba looks great. So, I mean, Bush at $1,000 less has to be the right play over Clark, right?
1: Yeah, if it's between those two, uh, Bush will probably end up having a handful of saves. So I think they might cancel each other out. I think the crew are going to win the game. But if you're looking for value, then yeah, Bush is the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- even if he gives up a couple of goals, I still think he's capable of 8 to 10 points. And uh, it feels like the crew are probably going to go up a goal. So maybe uh, Clark gets a win and puts up 9 or 10 points. I don't know. I'm just thinking out, you know, just kind <laughs> sure. of think how I'm playing the game out in my head, and I could see like a two to one, three to one crew win. Oh, okay. So both of those keepers, I'm kind of, I don't, I'm not really big on this week. I'll probably stay away from both of them, but um, I'm with you on the value a little bit on on Bush.
2: Yeah, the last one that I considered, uh, kind of in this lower range, and he's certainly no guarantee to start. But Tyler Derrick uh, from the Dynamo is back from his uh, suspension. He yep. s- he started the season hurt and then got sent off 18 minutes into his first game. Um, <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Yeah, so Joe Willis has been starting in his spot. Joe Willis is at 3,900, uh, home against Kansas City. Derek's at 31. Yeah. At, uh, Talk
1: about a goalkeeper getting lit up.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Joe um, Willis. <laughs> Joe Willis, yeah. Uh, Willis yeah, has given I think up. Yeah, Derek steps back in. Yeah, Willis has given up nine goals in his last two and uh, 15 in his last four amazingly mm-hmm. that's the um oh, i'm sorry no those were saves numbers excuse me That that sounds a lot worse than it really is but it's uh, seven goals in his last three um, but yeah Derek at 31 when theoretically the starter at, is at 39 um i don't know i'm not i'm not sold on kansas city uh, particularly on the road so i feel like i'll i'll be having a lot of tyler derrick this weekend
1: yeah i'm on board with that that's my value keeper if he if he starts and um that's where the value lies at keeper because i think that he's going to be uh you know with with all the negativity surrounding willis like he's going to have to come in and kind of prove that he deserves that starting spot and i think he's capable i actually like Derek as a keeper and kansas city's got a stout attack so they're going to be getting off shots um could see Houston coming out with a win, so yeah, I think Derek's a fine value this week.
2: Mm. Um are there any defenders that you liked kind of in the real cheap range? The the one that jumped out at me right away was Steven Betashore, who mm-hmm. for some reason is at twenty seven hundred after being thirty five hundred last week. He's had three straight games with at least ten points. Um like at twenty seven hundred and the possibility of a clean sheet against the Dallas side like that. That seems like a must play to me.
1: Yeah. That's the one guy that I'd say is really that one, uh, super cheap defender that if he starts, which I don't see why he's going to lose his starting spot. He's been playing well. So yeah, I think that he's a guy that you can build your defense around and save some money with. So you already, uh, answered the question for me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I don't, I don't know if there's anybody else in that range that I could really uh, look at and um, let's see. I'm trying to go through the defender list real quick. The only since, one. Uh, the only Draft other one that I, is trying to sh- <laughs> shut you out. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, DraftKings is trying to shut me out because of my Alabama location here.
2: Uh, the only other <laughs> one that I uh, looked at in that range uh, was Bobby Burling, which sounds crazy. Um, I realize, but. Um, and I, he scored last week, which kind of throws off the the argument because obviously you're not going to expect him to score that much. But uh, you know, eight tackles, one in his last three games, gets a few fouls drawn. I wonder, you know, RSL. Um, I guess they could get Chao Plata back, which um, kind of changes the dynamic of that team uh, against the Rapids. But um, Burling's the only other one. I mean, at 2,800, you're not really expecting that much that much production.
1: Yeah, it's pretty solid. I didn't realize that he put that put that kind of point, that many points up across the board. Sounds like it wasn't just uh, some interceptions here and there. It was some tackles one and.
2: Yeah, five tackles, uh, one two fouls drawn last week. He, I mean, he scored on his only shot on goal, but he's had a shot yeah. in three straight. Like, uh, I mean, at, at that price, I mean, you're you're throwing darts, but. At least you can make yeah. kind of a an educated dart throw.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty decent value, and um, I'm I'm always big on teams playing at home. Even though I think Salt Lake's a tough matchup, I give players a little bit of a bump uh, fantasy wise anytime they're at home. So, yeah, I could I could jump on board with Burling mm. for twenty eight hundred.
2: On the on the other side, um, we don't have. Uh, I mean New England's not in the slate, but I was gonna say we don't have a Chris Tierney uh on the on the upper tier of of this slate. Uh of the of the guys near the top, do any look like they're worthy of plays for you in the kind of you know, thirty eight hundred and, and north?
1: Yeah, I think more so on Sunday, on the Sunday slate where you've got Matarita and Taylor Kemp mm-hmm. playing. Um I think that those guys are gonna be pretty popular picks just with the two-game slate. So if you're looking at the Saturday slate, though, um, it's kind of kind of uh, muddy up there at the top, <laughs> I'd say, maybe. Because uh, uh, Harrison offful used to be one of the guys that you would go to and pretty much just plug in week after week last season. He hasn't been that same guy this year, and he's 4,900. So little tough to uh stick him in a lineup with the production that he's been producing it's been barely I think he's barely been hitting double digits yeah that hasn't been bad I'm looking at his box score now it's 12 and 14 the past two games so if you're going to pay up for a defender then he's my top ranked defender on the slate um but he's not he's no Chris Tierney that's for sure <laughs> so yeah the uh, I like the matchup though
2: yeah, the guys that jumped out at me were the Sounders uh, fullbacks, uh, which uh, I didn't even realize how much they crossed last week. But um, Tyrone Mears finished with 10 crosses, and Joven Jones had seven. And neither of them took a single corner, which, uh, which is pretty crazy because uh, with uh, even shits out, we saw Hercules Gomez and uh, Aaron Kovar take a few. They're, they basically split the, the corners, and... My fear is that I'm like, okay, well then now Mears and Jones will start crossing more and either even shits returns and the crosses go away or, uh, it was more, a a result of playing Columbus and it was kind of a change in tactics for the Sounders. But those are kind of the two upper tier guys that at least caught my attention. Um,
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Both of those guys are near the top of my, uh, defender rankings this week and yeah, i think that it might have been a combination of the two with the um just the style of play that they had to adapt to against the crew and also i just it feels like seattle's been kind of stagnant in the attack and maybe just looking for other routes to score goals so maybe they're relying on their wing play a little bit more um which they've always had pretty solid wing play over the past couple of years but it just seems like the start of the season hasn't been as much. So maybe they're kind of getting back into that groove. Yeah. And then another guy I like in that uh, kind of upper tier price range, he's kind of in between, is Mikhail Williams, Mm -hmm. Michael Williams. uh, Colorado Rapids, he's 3,900. I think he's had an assist in like three or four straight, three straight games. Pretty wild for a defender. Um, So if you take away those assists, then – his point totals obviously will go down pretty significantly, but it's kind of one of those. For me, sometimes when a guy's hot, and you just got to ride the hot hand, as cheesy as that sounds.
2: No, I get it. I get it. He's it. It's weird though. Um, the the more I looked into the the defenders, there just weren't a lot of middle tier guys that I really liked. I mean, Jordan Allen uh, is up to thirty five hundred, and he finally had his breakout game last week, but I'm just not sure that's really repeat. I mean, the goal and assist, I don't think is repeatable on a regular basis, but um, he's starting to kind of get priced out. Um, Zarek Valentin from Portland uh, is one that kind of keeps grabbing my attention with the Alvis Powell out. But um, other than that, I feel like I'm going to either have two really cheap guys, you know, Betashore and Burling probably and then one of the expensive ones or I don't know I I feel like I'm not going to end up with any of these middle tier uh, defenders just because none of them really cross that much and I don't really feel like spending you know 3,800 on a guy who is going to send in four crosses
1: <laughs> right yeah it's tough at defender this week but I think there's enough value especially if you have Betashore in your lineup you only got two more slots to fill so you you might have enough to pay up, pay up for a guy like Harrison a fool and then maybe a Sounders defender like we were talking about kind of as that late night hammer just to have somebody going in that late game mm-hmm. um or I, I if you really need another cheap defender to throw out there I'd maybe even throw DeMar Phillips into the mix um he hasn't been bad he had let's see he had an assist and 11 points last game five points the game between that sandwiched in between a 16-point performance. So I don't know. He's been kind of hot and cold this season, but it seems like he's locked into that left back role right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 3,300, pretty good value. So he's a good crossing, quick defender that could uh, put up some crosses pretty quick. So I might be looking his way.
2: Yeah. I wonder how many teams – or how many um, cheap guys we may see just kind of in preparation of the fact that so many teams are playing on Wednesday uh, of next week. But uh, I don't know if, you know, they'll they'll play them now and then rest them uh, for the midweek or, or vice versa. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some kind of random guys we didn't necessarily consider, like uh, Kofi Sarkodie or, you know, guys like that that, that may jump out that that haven't been starting and may get kind of the the random start just because we've got some congested schedule coming up
1: No, oh, yeah i wouldn't be surprised either it's it's major league soccer for you so <laughs> and yeah. even uh, even on uh non-congested slates i mean it's you'll see some pretty nutty stuff throughout the season mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just be ready i mean if you're playing uh playing DFS, listening to this podcast and you already know, just keep an eye out for the lineups. I mean, it's so, so vital. Cause if you miss a guy and you got a goose egg sitting in your lineup, it's pretty, pretty crushing to your squad. So yeah, I even um, find especially the, with MLS.
2: Yeah. I find not only does that hurt, but uh, the occasional time where you can grab a cheaper guy and upgrade another one, you know, if you know, if you're lined up with, um, I don't kind of drawing a blank on who I would necessarily you know let's say you got a uh, fail hopper in your lineup and you all of a sudden there's a cheap defender that comes along and you can turn him into you know Federico Higuain like you'll oh, yeah. do that so
1: yeah it's a great point I mean if you miss out on those values that are turned over once the lineups do come out then yeah it's it could be a lineup killer as well so that's a good point there Uh
2: let's move to the midfield because uh there are I feel like you can find playable guys in every single uh, range. Um, I'm filling in. We were talking about this before the podcast. I'm filling in for uh, JD for his weekly DraftKings article. Uh, Basically just going to write down our conversation here and just plug that in. But um, the, the problem I was having was coming on the Vancouver and the Kansas City midfielders because it seems like uh, you can get burned by picking the wrong one, even though they all have, like, pretty sizable upside. So, uh, basically looking at Brad Davis and Benny Failhaber uh, versus um, Christians, Bolaños, and um, Takera that, like, Bolaños has a goal in two straight, but Tecara, um you know, is usually on most uh, corners and free kicks. Uh, I was looking, and I was uh, at his game log, And I had forgotten that Takara didn't start. So I'm looking at his last four games of fantasy points. It's 13, 13, 17, and six. And I was like, oh, six. All right. He's not not playing uh, that well now. And then it was six and 12 minutes, uh, including four crosses. And I was like, well, that's, you know, a 45 point cross or 45 fantasy point pace. So maybe it's not that. But um, how do you, you know, go about choosing between. Guys who are on the same team that may offer the same kind of upside?
1: Usually for me, it does come down to set pieces, um, unless it's a GPP lineup where I'm trying to differentiate a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, generally, then I'll, uh, like in the instance of Teixeira and Bolaños, and I'd give Teixeira a little bit of a bump just because of his set piece upside. But even at that, between those two, especially, it's really tough because Bolaños hops on set pieces from time to time too so man it's i mean it's really tough but i'd say in general then i, I just try to stick with a set piece taker mm-hmm. and that'll be my first option and then if i want to switch it up a little bit feel like maybe uh the guy on the same price at the same price point has a good matchup then i'll roll him out in a lineup or two
2: yeah um looking putting a lineup together i think i'm going to end up avoiding the, the Kansas City guys completely um, but one of the guys I liked on the other side of their game was Giles Barnes who I feel like just continues to be really underowned for the upside that he has I mean he's, he's far from like a consistent producer I mean he is fully capable of putting like seven points on the board but uh, what are your thoughts on him or Houston kind of I mean I guess you could say it's either um, Barnes or Christian Maidana as well like had Maidana I think is on you know more set pieces but Barnes is kind of in that Clint Dempsey role that if they get close enough he could kind of poach it
1: yeah I like Barnes a lot he's been a little quiet the past two games but his price is to where um, he's 6200 so not going to be hard to squeeze him into a lineup even if you do have some of the higher price players in your lineup already. Like he's probably just within that price range that you can squeeze him in with a guy like a Valeri or Higuain. Um, And then Madonna, I'm not really, I'm not sure what his role is right now. It just He started the season out really hot and he was really high on, my, high on my radar. Not so much anymore. Um, I think he's been coming off the bench the past couple of games. I don't know if he started last game. I didn't see that game, but um,
2: I don't think he did. No, I did didn't.
1: see where, uh, Leonel Miranda yeah. went off for 21 points and he's only 3,600. Um, he's had a couple of big games already this season when he starts, um, mm-hmm. enough to where if he starts this game, then I'm going to be thinking pretty hard on, on if he's worthy of a spot. It's probably going to be down to like him or, uh, Jermaine Jones at that price point. So um, he's a guy that I've got my eye on this game from Houston. And then yeah, like you said with with Barnes, those are probably the top two plays for me. I don't know if I'm buying in on Will Bruin yet. I know uh <laughs> JD's gonna be disappointed if he's listening to the podcast on the plane up there, but uh <laughs> just what? he's just been so stagnant lately. It's the point totals have been uh he's he came off the bench this game, so I'll give him that, but he had a game. before that he had minus one.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's like, no good.
1: <laughs> yeah, even like he's there's some forwards that you can play even if and you know you know even if they don't score a goal that they're still gonna get you enough points to almost hit value. But Bruin's not that forward. Like he's so goal dependent. And as much as I love him as that target forward, then it's just not happening for me right now.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll note that uh, neither of you uh, ranked Bruin this week, and neither did Hesh. In fact, I was the only one. I was bold enough to put him 19th, um, so if he scores, I will 100% remind you guys about that, but um, yeah, I totally agree. He's that just... must have
1: been, uh, <laughs> real quick, that must have been JD's number uh, 21, because I, I know he was in there. I remember seeing the rankings and kind of getting a chuckle out of it that mm. he still had Bruin ranked, and I didn't, so... <laughs> He's got. He, I think maybe when we realize that Spindler might be back, then maybe that bumped Bruin out of J.D.'s rankings. But I know he was on his radar.
2: Yeah. I think J.D. starts his rankings like that. He figures out where Bruin is going to go, and then he just builds everyone <laughs> after that. But um, uh, one guy you mentioned just before that uh, I wanted to talk about was Jermaine Jones. His uh, two-game goal streak ended, but he still picked up an assist last week. He's got at least 15 points in three straight, and he's still only 4,000. I mean, I feel like it's going to be a while before he gets priced out um, because he's still, you know, he contributes in a number of categories. I mean, obviously the goals and the assists are what have been uh, paying most of the bills here. But, the, I mean, what's the price point, do you think, where we finally say that's a little too much for Jones? Is it 5,000? Is it a little higher than that?
1: That's a tough question because originally I'd yeah, I'd probably say around five thousand, but um he's playing in a different role than we've really seen him play in MLS. He's playing as more of a number ten for the Rapids. So yeah, if he continues to play as a number ten and continues to produce, then yeah, it's I mean, I'd say that I'd probably consider him up to like maybe fifty, five hundred.
2: Wow. Yeah, it um it feels about right. Um but yeah, I mean yeah, if he it's, keeps it's this get, up.
1: it's getting up there. It's he's no uh even shit's like right. when even shit's is out there then he's the guy at that price point that you're it's an almost an automatic play. Right. I don't know if Jones has really uh got that kind of upside, but he's been proving us wrong so far in that new role he's got. Yeah,
2: yeah that fifty five range puts him with like Maidana, Brad Davis, Bolognos. I f- I feel like that's right. I think that's the yeah. group that he should be in, at least you know, based off of three games so far. Um, do you have a feel on this Colorado RSL game? Because I feel like Jones is very playable and Shkels and Gashi is at 5,400. That looks like a slam dunk to me.
1: Yeah, Gashi's been, finally he's kind of turned that corner. Maybe he's finally found his feet in MLS mm-hmm. um, after that adjustment period. Of uh, that players go through when they come over to the league, so I like Gashi a lot. I like I like him uh, coming into the season, but he just he started out so, so. I think I had him uh, in most of my lineups for the first few weeks, and then just kind of gave up on him. And of course, he he turned it around, and um, he's hit 20 plus points the past two games. Yeah, so 5400. Um, that's strong production right there, and he's kind of. I mean, he's really, as much of his, as Jones has meant to their attack, then gosh, he's been pretty much fueling that attack. So um, him and uh, Luis Solignac are two guys that I really like from the Rapids,
2: Yeah, other was, than Jones. I was going to bring him up, too, because he's only at 4600 Um and that seems like a fairly reasonable price for a starting forward, um, particularly one, I think, Colorado's the... Uh, looking here they're the third biggest favorite for the Saturday slate trailing Seattle and Columbus I mean that's to get I am worried that I'm going to end up convincing myself that playing all three of them is okay and that that scares me a little bit (laughs) I would probably do Jones and Gashi first Um,
1: yeah it's not too crazy though at the price point that all those guys come in at like it's it's actually a viable stack Mm-hmm. Uh, never thought I'd say that I'm stacking the Rapids, but <laughs> you got uh solid You got Gashi Jones, Mikhail Williams. I mm-hmm. uh, don't know if I can go Zach. McMath, I was just about can, to ask. Yeah. I could, I, I could almost see him having a, a good game. The only, um, th- the so, only thing
2: holding McBath back is that he's 4,400, which is, yeah. you gotta, that's, true. that's if you're going to pay a hundred bucks more to get Stephen Fry at home against San Jose, I'm going to take that 100 bucks every time.
1: Yeah, same here. Unless I'm a huge Rapids fan and just want to right. sweat my team. Then yeah. <laughs> I'm, probably, right. I'm probably with you on that one. But... And um, Solignac's been a, a sleeper this season. Yeah. If you look at his game log, he's only really had one bad game. That was the first game of the season where he had three points. But after that, he's hit double digits in every game except for this past game, which he had eight. So that's a solid return for... 4,600
2: for sure. I just realized I mentioned Bobby Burling earlier too. This could be, this is going to get out. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. All the rapids. That's right. (laughs) Not even July 4th. Um, (laughs) the, the guy that is going to basically force roster construction is Sebastian Javinko. He does every week. He's 9,800 bucks. We've already discussed that. Um, you know, we think Toronto is going to do really well against Dallas. Uh, do you think, Anybody's going to be able to cash without Javinko this week?
1: Ah, uh, man, that's that's another tough one there. Uh, last week I thought was a decent week to fade Javinko, and he proved me wrong. Um, <laughs> the, the box score,
2: his line is just nuts. The fact that he came down with twenty nine points without a goal is just nuts to me.
1: Yeah, on the road at Portland, right? He's right. been doing all of this, all of this on the road. This the first right. eight games of the season, which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I just even on that two-game slate last week, and it was so tough at that price point to work him in. If you wanted to have uh, Valeri in your lineup or a strong forward in your lineup, other than Giovinco I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, he, I think JD said it before. Like he's really priced to where you actually have to think, like, do I need Giovinco this slate, or can I get away with? Yeah. You know, uh, Kai for a thousand dollars less, and Hercules Gomez or something like that. Like it just, it's tough, but I think the the nature, the stature of this game, the first home game of the season for Toronto, uh, kind of a renovated stadium, huge crowd, everybody going crazy. Obviously, everybody wants to see a Giovinco go off. So there's going to be some Giovinco magic. This is not the weekend to fade them.
2: It's it's like you had your my notes in front of you because Hercules Gomez was the next guy I was gonna just uh, I was gonna ask about because uh, Gomez, who took a lot of uh, crosses last week, he actually ended up with more than than Aaron Kovar. Um, he had nineteen points last week without a goal or an assist, thanks uh, mainly to his nine crosses, although he had three shots on goal. Um, I feel like with the two of them you know if i told you you could have two forwards uh one of which was sebastian javinko for 142 i mean that's pretty good right i mean it's basically you know 7100 for for two forwards except one of them's javinko the the weird thing about the forward slate is that uh, javinko's at home kamara is at home and then the next Ten forwards on the list are on the road in terms of price. Yes. And the next high the the first highest one who's not on who who's at home is Jordan Morris at fifty-four. And I feel like you would you'd never play Jordan Morris at fifty four if you could have Gomez at thirty-four.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Gomez was a treat for anybody that played him last weekend. I mean, 19 points without a goal or assist. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to be popular this week. Uh, for sure. I think, I think he's going to retain his starting spot, even if even shits his back. Like I think they'll find a way to keep him in, um, uh, maybe Kovar Co- goes to the bench or something. But, um, I really like the role that, uh, Gomez is playing with the Sounders. We said early on in the season that Seattle was struggling for goals without Obafemi Martins. And I don't think Gomez is going to be a world beater, so to speak. But he's he's uh, sparked the attack, and he looked really good this last weekend. So at thirty four hundred, I mean, be crazy not to roll him out again. Only thing that's going to be a little tricky is you may need to try to find a way to squeeze him into the utility slot just in case he doesn't start because he is playing that last game. That's a great point. yeah, so that's kind of something to keep an eye on. Um, if he doesn't start at 3400 there's probably not going to be too many other forwards at that price <laughs> point that <laughs> with one game left on the board. So yeah, you're – Keep that in mind. Uh,
2: you're – you got yeah. nobody. Uh, I guess you have Innocent if he starts. Yeah. Uh, Ch- I actually read earlier this week that Chad Barrett could start because Quincy Amarqua is, is – um, little banged up he's apparently practicing half days this week but that's that gets ugly oh wow yeah um yeah that is a very good point because it's possible i guess nelson valdez is the one that moved to the bench and um i don't think he's played anywhere near well enough to to get back in over gomez but yeah i I assume kovar goes back back to the bench if uh even shits comes back um
1: have we heard anything definitive on even shits or is it still, no, it's still up in the air as yeah, far as you know?
2: It's still very much up in the air, which um is certainly frustrating for FMLS and uh DFS as well since it's the last game. I mean it, the the difficulty, I guess if if you build around even shits and Gomez, theoretically if even shits does not play and you can um go down to Kovar, that gives you a little more money if Gomez doesn't start. But mm-hmm. um, you're basically going to end up with, I guess if it's a utility spot, you could throw Dempsey in there if you if you think that's the call. I don't know. That, yeah. That's going to be a pickle people are going to find themselves in. Yikes.
1: Yep. Yeah, something to uh, definitely be mindful of when you're building your lineup, just what kind of rotation could go on there.
2: Speaking of Dempsey, do you like him at all this week?
1: Yeah, I do. I always like Dempsey. I mean, I I know he's been struggling, but man, it's it's tough to play him, and that's why I like him this week is because I don't think many people are going to be on him, mm-hmm. which rightfully so. He's had three, five, and seven points his past three games, um, but he's still deuce. So, I mean, he can still bring bring some goals here and there, um, and I don't know if like. I think he was struggling with injury there for a while. I don't know if that's still been bothering him, but um, he played 78 minutes last game. So I don't know. I like him. It's a tough <laughs> it's a yeah. tough matchup. It's a tough matchup, but he's not going to be a cash game player for me. But if I've got a tournament lineup that uh, I want kind of a late game or a late hammer lineup, then Dempsey will probably be in it.
2: Yeah. Um, One guy I wanted to talk about uh, that we missed in that RSL game and the one that would make me hesitant on Zach McMath is uh, Javier Morales, who has looked awesome the last two weeks. Um, He scored two weeks ago. He had 20 points in 45 minutes against the Galaxy and then 22 points last week against Houston uh, without a goal or an assist. He had included 12 crosses. He had one free kick that... uh, I think Sonny put over the bar that absolutely should have been a goal. Um, But do you have any uh, trepidations of playing Morales at Colorado?
1: No, I love that play. He's probably uh, talking about Clint Dempsey. He's only $300 more. So that's that cash game play that you're looking for right there. Um, He's – going to be taking all their set pieces. Not sure if Plata's going to be back, but I don't think that's going to matter. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Javi, Javier Morales will still be over all the set pieces, and he's just so good. I mean, at 6,800, I feel like he's underpriced. He should be up there with uh, at least with Diaz at 7,400, and hope, he could probably get up close to uh, Valeri's price around 8,000. So um, he's number two in my midfield rankings this week. I think Hesh, uh, one of our other ranking rankers, has him as number one, Mm -hmm. so he's pretty high on, uh, I think, most all of our radar, rightfully so. I think he's in a good spot against the Rapids. I mean, the Rapids have been okay this season, better than I expected, but um, at 6,800, then Morales is in my lineup.
2: Yeah, as soon as I posted the rankings, I thought to myself, I was way too low on Morales. I had him at four, not like I had him at 15, but um, that's just – I guess I just, I don't know what I was thinking, but that was way too low, um, way too low for that. But um, the other way I was looking at it with Morales, I think is uh, 500 bucks more than Giles Barnes, and um, I'm not sure I could justify paying 63 for Barnes if I could pay 68 for, for Javier Morales, since, like you said, he should be in that um, that 74 to 84 range between Diaz and Valeri. Mm-hmm.
1: um
2: we talked about Columbus um, a little bit earlier. Uh, do you, you were saying how you don't really like playing uh, Ethan Finley because he's kind of like Lloyd Sam with his uh, just the up and down production. Do you consider Justin Miram as much as uh, JD does? I mean, JD likes him because Justin Miram sending him to Vancouver, but.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Justin Miram pretty much won him that trip. That was yeah. a strong play. Um, I like Miram a little bit more than Finley, uh, just because it seems like he's actually putting up points, even if he's not getting goals or assists. Mm-hmm. Um, Finley, not as much, and Finley's a little bit higher priced. So um, I like Miram a little bit more this week. Um, but I actually, I mean, I I really like all the crew options this week. I think uh, Kamara is going to be a good play. I think, I mean, I really think Iguain. Ethan Finley, Miriam, a fool like if you're not stacking the rapids then I think the crew are a viable pivot I can't <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I can't believe that just came out <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's uh just one of those games it seems like they always get up for the impact. I'm not sure completely sure what the history is there, but um feels like a good matchup across the board for all the crew attackers.
2: J.D. is going to be that guy talking to himself on the plane because he can't believe what we're saying about the Rapids this week. Um, let's <laughs> let's uh, talk about Sunday quickly. Um, we've got two games, New England and L.A. That game is in Los Angeles and then uh, New York City at D.C. United. Uh, you touched earlier about how uh, the defensive, the high-priced defensive options you like with uh, Taylor Kemp and Ronald Matarita. Um Tierney's out he's at 5900 which um, i think if he was playing gosh that's such a high price um, but anyway you it's a very top heavy um, slate in terms of players like we have David V at 89 uh Espindle is at 71 and then i guess you could consider Zardis at 53 but after that that's i mean you're you're going Crapshoots with Steven Mendoza and maybe Emmanuel Botang. Um but yeah, who...
1: I'm really, uh, I'm really bummed that Donald Smith got hurt because I don't think yeah. he's going to play. But he, even though he's been filling in for Tierney um, at left back, he's priced as a forward on DraftKings. But he's a guy that has put up some DraftKings points in the two games that he's played. But I'm pretty sure he came down with a an injury at the, towards the end of the game this past weekend that'll probably keep him out this weekend. So yep, uh, he was a guy that I definitely probably would have slotted in on a two game slate, even as a, def- or as a defender listed as a forward, I probably would have sure. played him again.
2: Yeah. I think it's going to be really tough finding enough cheap players without having to resort to a defensive midfielder or a, or a center back because the upside like, there are a number of players who could win you a GPP on their own. Like, you could get the f- 35, 40 points from David Villa. You could get it from Espindola. You can get it from Dos Santos. Um, but there's no way you're going to fit all three of those in without three Mark Bloom All Stars, at least three.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, uh, props to JD last week because that was actually a, a decent strategy. On that two-game slate, Mark Bloom would have uh, out put outscored a couple of my defenders that I paid up for like close <laughs> to three thousand. I might, would have much rather had a goose egg mm. um, from Mark Bloom at two thousand. So,
2: and unfortunately, Lawrence um, Olam didn't get a start.
1: Yeah, Lawrence Olam didn't get a start, but the the pivot there was uh, Medranda. Right? Medranda, Medranda yeah. at the same price point, and he put up some points too. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Yeah, that wasn't um, a total bust. You're right.
1: It wasn't a total bust. I mean anybody that's played hopefully made that pivot. If anybody was listening and put, had Lawrence Oman in, then uh my apologies there. But hopefully <laughs> you were wise hopefully you were wise enough to make that pivot when the lineup came out. <laughs> so yeah. um as far as values though on the, the two game slate, I like uh I like Patrick Nyarko. He scored a goal against his Former team last weekend against the Fire, he's forty five hundred. He had uh, nineteen points mm-hmm. and had ten points the game before that. Just think, a matchup against New York City FC is pretty tasty for DC United. Um, it's tough to find value after that, though. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is let's see. i
2: think thinking like you could try to get Tony Taylor, but. I mean, his, yeah. his, he's so goal dependent and he doesn't score that many of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if you can ignore, uh, Baggio who two point outing last game, then he's had a couple of decent games. Yep. So 3,800, um, uh, might be, be worth rolling out again. I think he might, uh, his lineup security might depend on if, uh, Gerard is playing or not though.
2: Mm-hmm. He's another one that has no, uh, no answer yet. Um, do you think Sabario gets another start because Chris Rolf is suspended? Like even if yeah. Spindola comes back, yeah, I decrees? think he does. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's a pretty good value play too. Even though he's uh, another one of those forwards that can either get you like one point or thirty points. Right. <laughs> um, at forty-eight hundred on a two-game slate against NYCFC, then yeah, he's he's a guy I'm going to look at and could earn a, could could earn a spot on a roster.
2: Yeah, I think Femi Hollinger Jansen is going to be the key.
1: <laughs> he actually, uh, he was in some lineups last week yeah? since he got the start. For so. sure, disappointing effort from him though. Was, uh, I mean, he he's shown some signs of life at times, but did not this past weekend.
2: No, did he wear the Batman cleats uh, boots again or no? Did you see those <laughs> the first game?
1: Yeah, I saw those. Pretty uh,
2: interesting. Yeah not quite the traditional traditional blacks or whites that uh JD likes to see on the field. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's going to get ugly. I wonder where gosh. I'm struggling here. I think RJ Allen might be back though. Yeah, I think he returned oh, yeah. to training, so I mean, if he gets a start at 2200, that's that'll be nice. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. uh, uh you got anything else on this slate? for either fmls or uh dfs
1: yeah on the two game slate um i think lee win is still priced especially if uh Tierney misses out again i uh, really like him even on the road against la he's been putting up points uh lots of crosses from him he only had four this last game but he's had uh 18 18 11 and 20 and his price really hasn't gone up i mean he's his price uh to start the season was seventy one hundred and dropped down to about sixty three hundred and now he's just in the past like that four week span of those uh totals I rattled up, he's his price has only gone up two hundred. So I feel like he's a pretty solid value at that price. And uh he's probably gonna be a guy that, you know, he he will allow you to free up a lot of bankroll to squeeze in guys like Dos Santos and Via. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like Lamar Nagel again, too. I um, know JD, if JD was on tonight, he'd this would be his cue to start talking about how bad at soccer he is. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just, he's not here, so he's we can been keep cons- going. <laughs> yeah, he's still been consistent. Um, he's probably almost at that price point. If he keeps climbing up, like he's at that 5,100 price tag, where I'm just now starting to say, is he really worth it for me but um he's been doing pretty decent so in a plus matchup against New York City then uh, I'd probably look at him again
2: hmm yeah I like that I like that um all right we're gonna cut this off here because I think we got through everything um thanks for holding down carrying this podcast uh for the weight that usually you and jd get to split so jD if yeah, you're listening absolutely. Have a blast this weekend. Good luck getting the picture with the uh, Adi or Diego Valeri. And uh, maybe if you guys or maybe if you need to win the next one, you'll you'll bring some of your podcast friends with you.
1: <laughs> good luck, everybody. Yeah, good luck, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rodowire.com slash soccer.